everyone. Welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. This is Wade and Mike in the studio, continuing our series on the thought and life of Martin Luther. We're post-Luther now, and we're uh, using Wade's book, uh, um, An Uncompromising Gospel, Lutheranism's First Identity Crisis and Lessons for Today, uh, published by 1517. Uh, you can uh, find that at Amazon. You can find that at 1517.com as well. And uh, the reason we're using this book is it's one way to go through uh, Luther dies, what happens after Luther when it comes to the politics, the characters, and the theology. And so uh, what Wade did in a nice way is that here are the different controversies that came up after after uh, Luther had passed away. And rightfully, you talk about this as a Lutheranism's identity crisis. Um, who's in charge? But more sp- specifically and more importantly, what is the doctrine going to be, right? Um, where are we going to go too far to the left or too far to the right? Are we going to fall into the this trap or that trap? And so we have done the adiphoristic controversy, the majorist controversy, and now the Osiandrian controversy about justification is our topic today. Andreas Osiander is actually... Uh, known for much more than just his controversy, right? Paramount, he, yeah. He um, actually is a pretty important figure. And you'll Carrie com- Keene from Physics was just talking to me about him the other day. Uh, you um, uh, hear about him in other uh, disciplines, including he wrote a foreword to uh, Copernicus's book uh, without Copernicus knowing it. And Copernicus may have not had approved of that, but if you're uh, in the history of science... Andreas Osiander comes up um, a few times. Um, so he, he's, a, he's an important figure in his own right, let alone that he was one of the uh, uh, more important um, theological figures um, in the post-Lutheran Lutheran years in, this, in, the, in the German states. So justification, how can you get that one wrong, Wade? How, is that, how can you mess that one up? Yeah, it, it's interesting, and so I've been um, reading a lot of uh, the responses to Osiander lately for um, a project that I want to be working on, and so um, especially stuff by uh, Flatius and Gallus, but also some stuff by Melanchthon. And um, the uh, Osiander manages to do something that no one else at the time could do, which was unite Lutheranism um, against his position here, the, uh, the Melanchthon people and the Philippist on one side. Philippist and the, the Gnesio Lutherans. Um, Melanchthon um, probably knows and maybe even oversees some of Flacius' works against Osiander are published from Wittenberg even. Um, so there maybe is some uh, indirect collaboration between people who had been going at it pretty good um, during the adiaphoristic controversy. <coughs> Excuse me. And so um, Osiander's position, um, <clears throat> Osiander had um, been a confessor during the time of the Augsburg interim. He'd been a pastor in Nuremberg, very important pastor, um, ally of Martin Luther. And um, he opposed the Augsburg interim. He's going to end up losing his office because of this. Um, but he's going to end up at the University of Königsberg. Uh, Duke Albrecht will have him called there, will create a position for him. Um, so he's going to be in the north, Königsberg, right? Think um, Prussia. The Teutonic Order um, will become the Duchy of Prussia. Um, now, 
Poland because of a couple misunderstandings in the in the twentieth century. Um, but uh, once he's in this position, he feels confident enough, apparently. To say, you know, um, I actually have some insight into the doctrine of justification um, that uh, is going to be more biblical than Luther's position. The thing is, he's not just rejecting Luther's position, he's also rejecting Melanchthon's because um, Melanchthon's really the one who articulates probably most clearly um, imputation, and maybe I'll throw that to you in a second, Mike, what that means. Um, as well as uh, forensic <clears throat> justification. So we should define those two words. But what Osiander emphasizes <clears throat> is um, infusion rather than um, imputation. So justification that's done to the believer rather than simply declared to be um, the believers. <clears throat> uh, he didn't want... Um, what some Roman Catholics, when they talk about, for instance, um, the Lutheran doctrine of justification, especially if they're coming from the viewpoint of Aquinas, um, a fictitious justification, right? One that's that's never actually mine in this life in a substantive way. Um, and I don't mean substantive there in an Aristotelian manner. Um, but so the, the infusion of Christ's divinity, the internal act of the divinity of Christ in us is what's going to be emphasized rather than the external declaration of God. Um, this also <coughs> will be attacked by the Gnesio Lutherans as well as Melanchthon and, and those who follow him uh, for being bad Christology, uh, to somehow separate Christ as if our justification were rooted in his divinity mm -hmm. um, is to, to lose sight um, of Christ as one whole person the communication of attributes. So you will have people who go after this position because it um, sounds a lot like what um, the papacy had taught or was teaching, um, the idea of infused grace. Now, it's not the exact same. Mm -hmm. um, this emphasis on indwelling, uh, this is attractive for um, some people, even in the Lutheran camp still today. Um, they would never consider themselves Oseandrians, but there's this attraction to kind of like an Eastern doctrine of theosis. Mm -hmm. The Finnish school of Lutherans loves to like find kind of indwelling um, mm -hmm. Christ in us emphasis. But this becomes a shift then. Um, in imputed or forensic justification, the emphasis is Christ for us, right? And this becomes a shift to Christ in us. And I cannot remember, Michael, did you talk about this in the sermon the other day? Or where, where did this just pop up that that if you have Christ in us and Christ with us without Christ for us. Was I, that you? That was not me. Where did I hear? Well, someone had a very good point about this. <clears throat> um, so Osiander is going to turn the believer um, who had been oriented by Luther and Melanchthon and pretty much all Lutherans outside of herself or himself to see Christ, um, now to some degree back inside himself or herself. And you can see how... Um, this can be connected with things like good works as well, right? Um, and how some of these things weren't so disconnected as, as one might think, even though someone might oppose Osiander, but have been more sympathetic to Major's position. Um, but maybe, Mike, if I can throw it to you just briefly, what do we mean when we talk about imputation or forensic justification? 
Yeah, so forensic, I think legal, right? So an emphasis on the, uh, the idea that uh, there's, a, there's a legal price that is be, to be paid. And, and more than that, think forensics in high school. It's a spoken, it's a declared kind of thing, right? It's, a, it's a, uh, something that is, you are declared not guilty, right? <clears throat> this is pronounced upon you. And this is a beautiful thing and very biblical, right? You can think of the power of the word. You can think about it comes extra nose. It comes outside of us. It is pronounced upon us. It is, it's preaching. It's, you know, th- th- a lot of that fits into that. Imputation is talking about the righteousness of Christ is given to you. Again, the extra nose outside of you. And so um, his righteousness becomes my righteousness, right? And so this is Christ in my place. It's a very substitution type language. It is Christ earned this for me, and this is the reason why I am forensically declared not guilty. So many of you have heard of the courtroom scene, right? God is the judge. Jesus is your lawyer. The accuser, the prosecutor is Satan, and you're dead to rights. And Jesus makes the deal, says my righteousness for his unrighteousness. He takes the punishment to the cross. It all fits very nice. Um, You know, you can understand the concern there. That it is just a declaration, right? And so it's not very real. And uh, and this is a common accusation against yeah. this position. And and the accusation, um, <laughs> you may be unfair in certain respects, but the discussion I don't think is unfair, right? And and there is something about the East and the West, the Greek and the Latin. There is something about the cultures, the language, and something about more of a legal language and a forensic rather than a more flowery language uh, that that probably lends itself to. Uh, well, in the Eastern Orthodox size, theosis, and, but cr- the indwelling, indwelling of Christ. And so we're not, <clears throat> we got to be careful here that we're not saying that all that language is incorrect, right? Um, part of this has to do with emphasis. Part of this has to do with make sure you don't go too far in either direction. <laughs> so I think the, the the way we do speak is that and and I've caught myself saying that too, instead of always saying you are declared righteous, which is true, you are made righteous, mm-hmm. right? God makes you righteous. Um, and, and God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of Christ, right? It's not a fake righteousness. And this is Although important. Although it is, in, to a degree, an article of faith in this life, in that, like Paul says in Colossians, my life is now hidden right. Absolutely. With, or in Christ um, that um, because I'm still a sinner, yep. I don't, I'm not going to see this evidenced always. Right. And this is why I was going to just say, this is why the symbol is so important, right? So I am a saint. It's not like I was declared a saint. I am just declared. I am a saint, right. but I'm also a sinner, right? Mm-hmm. So if, uh, and I look outside of myself for that, for that declaration, right? And that's where I think, there has to be at least some emphasis on the extra nos, including the, the, the declaration. I, where do I know that Christ is indwelling in me and that I am righteous? Well, it ain't, it ain't from my, my life, right? That is something that is declared to me. So I believe, I, I say this more often now, I believe with my ears, not my eyes, right? Faith comes from hearing. So, um, but, but again, the criticism is not 
is not completely unfounded, or at least I should say the warning um, going against the idea of only being uh, kind of a forensic forensic act. You could see where that could go. But going the other direction is very problematic too because, well, emphasis is less on Christ, right? And there's Christological issues, as you have said, right? Um, so I think Christ's righteousness is legitimate. And I, I can't help but think about the book of Hebrews here. Like if there is a theme for the book of Hebrews, it is Christ is legitimate. He really is true man and he really is true God. And his humanity was perfect, right? He lived a perfect life. So his righteousness is legit, right? And it is legit, legitimately given to me in this forensic act. It is, uh, I'm declared and I am made righteous. I, I should, forensic's probably not the right word there. It is imputed to me. It is given mm -hmm. to me. And I think that's why imputation, even though we don't use that, probably is the best word, right? Mm -hmm. Um you know, infused. It's certainly a very important yeah, word. Yeah. Infused has obviously problems. Uh, forensic, you're like, well, you, you have you have that question. Is it you know? Is it just a declaration rather than rather than uh, legitimate? I, I think imputation is is really helpful there. So, uh, extra nos by word. The forensic thing is beautiful, but we don't we don't. We don't. We leave the room for this nuance and for a full explanation that we are made righteous. Christ and, has made us righteous, but it is. Here's the final point: it is Christ's righteousness, not my righteousness. And and the person of Christ, um, we don't separate him. It's not humanity or divinity. Yep. It's what Christ has done in his whole his whole person. I would say, and I think something that you're getting at, Michael, that's important is. Um, there has been maybe um, within Lutheranism almost probably from parts of the 16th century on, um, I would say especially within American Lutheranism and, and within the churches of the former Synodical Conference, of which our church body would be included, um, sometimes been a more narrow um, imaging or preaching of justification than need be necessary. Um, <clears throat> what I mean by that is uh, there's a lot of God's great exchange. Um, and uh, this maybe can lead people um, at times um, to want something more so far as an articulation, which can be dangerous if it leads to... Um, bad articulations as we see with Oziander. Um, but it's interesting that it, if, um, you know, lots of people have studied and looked at Luther, <clears throat> and it's hard um, to find as much in Luther as we can find in Melanchthon sometimes regarding um, imputation forensic language, although it's, it's there. Um, but uh, the Bible presents justification in just a myriad of ways and with a myriad of, of images, um, and so sometimes you hear theories of atonement don't f necessarily freak out about that. We don't mean like theories, like in quotes, I mean, to be charitable, sometimes it is, but to be charitable, some people do mean that. Yeah, yeah. Some people do mean that, but Michael doesn't right. Now. I don't to be charitable to some people is if you really do mean it, just blame <laughs> this, this is kind of the language of the Academy that sometimes mm -hmm. we, we adopt and, and there's 
myriad of examples of that. But there's different ways of looking at this. There's two sides to the same coin kind of thing. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Um, by the way, we both just said myriad in a minute. Yeah, I know. I, I When I came out of my mouth, I'm like, uh. My wife. I uh, like it. My wife does not. Uh, she gets irritated with me. Like when I was doing Bible class in, in the parish, she would say, you you grab like one word and then you use it 10 times in one hour. Like, I like doing that though. Like grapple. Like you're yeah. like, you want to, I get, you didn't want to say wrestle. So you said grapple, but then you said grapple 14 times in a row. Yeah. It's in your mind. But sometimes you just find a word and it's fun. And this is, this is what we're talking about. Redemption. Yeah. Christus Victor. Um, yep. Deliverance. Yep. Imputation. Uh, uh, the forensic, all of those ransom. I don't know if you said, um, so there's, um, and that's what I'm getting at is, um, there is room within Lutheranism, um, for a very robust, how's that? Mm -hmm. And varied Mm -hmm. presentation of what God does in Christ, um, for us. Uh, I mean, think of all the old Testament imagery that could be drawn upon, um, Paul depicts this all reconciliation, right? <clears throat> um, all different ways. Uh, you know, um, the 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 adulterous woman, who's right, she's set free there. Um, that could be a great sermon, mm-hmm. and you maybe don't even have to do God's great exchange, mm-hmm. because you can preach forgiveness and right for, where there's forgiveness, there's justification. Mm-hmm. These two go together. Um, so I do want to make clear, I'm not saying that the only way to speak about this is the courtroom picture of forensic justification. Um, imputation, I would agree with you. This is the main idea. It's gift, right? It's being given to you. Um, the problem becomes when, when it ceases to be, as you said earlier, Christ for us, right? Um, that the righteousness is Christ that is given to us. The Bible does talk about it. You say he became sin so we can become the righteousness of God, um, that we are made righteous. Uh, is that the Beck Bible, the a- AAT or whatever back in the day that um, <clears throat> I think Otten used to push that always translates justification as made righteous? Hmm. Um, I will say I think even forensic justification can be preached in a lot less stale way. I mean, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, the notion that God's word is doing things is just mm-hmm. um, declarative preaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what I keep coming back to is it doesn't always have to be God's great exchange. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish we'd never done that at some. Well, it came from I mean, the Presbyterians, and there's, there, I There's think. some of it. Yeah, I think it was D. D James Kennedy. Is that a guy? Um, and there is. In Luther, right, there's this joyous exchange. The joyous exchange, yeah. But even that's not so, like, kind of pedantic. Right. I mean, the language Stop is... Stop me from going too hard on this unless you want yeah, to say no, something. No, I mean, I think some of the language... We use the language of two kinds of righteousness. Uh, we lose some of the language that way, right? Um, I mean, it's it's a very nice, simplistic way to tell the gospel in a very short way. But sometimes simplicity can be a turnoff to people as well, right? I, and it can become then um, that it's almost always simply pictured as, as Christ is making payment. Yeah. Um, Penal substitution. And that's not wrong. No. When If we were to say that's a theory of atonement, we're not saying it like the theory of <coughs> relativity. Is that a theory? I know. Uh, a theory of uh, 
something that's not true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is definitely a way it's pictured. I mean, it's hard. You read the scriptures, you're going to see it pictured that right. way. Um, but that's not the only way. And I think that's been a temptation in the Latin West to make that a primary lens, especially since Anselm. Um, <clears throat> and that's not a knock on Anselm. Anselm, mm-hmm. Anselm did some pretty impressive stuff. Um, but again, you could see how Oziander might be tempted to think there's a bigger way to talk about this. The problem is he didn't come up with a bigger way. He actually narrowed it. <clears throat> he says it's Christ's divinity, and then he internalizes it. It's indwelling. And that's not to say either that we can't talk about Christ in us. We can talk about the mystical union. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it becomes something more um, than that. And when we go beyond what Scripture says and the images it uses, or when we turn ourselves back in on ourselves, um, and this is the big thing that almost all of Oziander's detractors point out, is you've just robbed the sinner of comfort. And maybe there, Michael, I can toss it to you. Um, I would say Lutherans are somewhat unique within Christianity of doing theology from the pastoral point of comfort and certainty. Mm -hmm. Um, Calvinists, obviously, if they're being consistent, some Reformed dude is going to get mad at this. Um, He's going to slam his institutes down. And, uh, but, um, if they're being consistent, you can't do this with double predestination. You'd be Um, certain in your uncertainty. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the Arminian can't do this. This is why, um, some people make multiple decisions for Christ or even end up baptized a few times. Um, Roman Catholicism doesn't even want to do this. Um, now to be fair, they want to offer comfort, but not absolute Mm -hmm. and not to the point of, of certainty. Mm -hmm. Um, for Luther, this is huge. And now this is another area where detractors would say this is a weakness in Luther, that he has some psychological thing going on and that he projects this onto the scriptures and he makes this, you know, the the hallmark of theology. Um, I personally don't think that's the case, yeah. but <clears throat> I will say this is something that's a draw to me about Lutheranism um, is that it is so darn pastoral. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's promise, it's promise, promise, promise. Yes, and so they will. Um, and to be fair, Oziander won't stop. So this is what, and Oziander made it public. So they're not just trying to be mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll say you're robbing the sinner of comfort. How does um, the doctrine of justification relate to comfort? And should um, so I heard. <clears throat> I'm not gonna lie. I've been kind of like into this Franciscan Friars YouTube channel lately. <laughs> Are you judging me? No, I'm not. It's, that's a funny way you put it. Okay. Because I've been on a Francis kick. I've always liked St. Francis. Yeah. Okay. That's permissible, right? Yeah. You're an animal lover. <clears throat> I, I kind of am. Yeah. I don't suppose to some degree. But, yeah. I um, think Francis <laughs> was the patron saint of bike, bikers. He, he should be if he yeah. isn't. He's just an interesting Cyclists. dude. He's an interesting dude. Okay. And they got cool habits. Yeah. Right? Um, but I usually kind of like what this guy's saying, for the most part, within bounds. But he had this horrible video, and he was reviewing. There must be some TV show called The Chosen that's about Jesus or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Mm, never heard of it. Um, and I'm probably not going to look for it now even. But he was critiquing like that sometimes it has like some of the apostles writing stuff down. <laughs> and so then 
he took like the worst of like 19th and 20th century like Protestant higher criticism. Oh, no. I don't know if they're teaching this in Roman Catholic seminaries because uh, the magisterium of the church teaches that the evangelists are the authors right. of the gospel. I mean, that's been the position of the Roman Catholic Church from time immemorial. Mm-hmm. But he was arguing this was um, anti-Catholic, or not anti-Catholic, but that a good Catholic should believe in later dates that these were written by other people later to encapsulate these stories because otherwise you're arguing for sola scriptura and not that the church is the yeah. one who, what, yeah. you know what I mean? And to be fair, when Flacius writes his um, master's thesis on the Masoretic pointing in the Hebrew text, <clears throat> he argues against the Masoretic pointing. And part of the reason is that the Catholic magisterium used that to say, see, yeah, sure. <clears throat> the church stood above the scriptures. And so he makes this uh, kind of garbage argument. Mm-hmm. And this dude for a Roman Catholic is usually pretty good on like some gospel stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, like his video- videos, I think probably would be comforting to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going, how do you, what do you think the effect of this right. is going to be? And then to argue it from the standpoint of, well, the church is, has a better argument for whatever if this is yeah, so. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, let's not, Michael, fall into that and say, yeah. the comfort is the center of the sinner is the primary goal of theology. And so this must be the doctrine of justification. Yeah. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I don't want to fall into yeah. that, that yeah. fallacy. But if you can connect how the two sure. go together, maybe. Well, absolutely. What do you think about that Franciscan's argument, by the way? <laughs> Well, I think that uh, there's no, there would be no data to back that up, right? There's, there's no reason not to believe that they were originally written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right? And I don't even know, like, what do you do with Paul? And like, so did Paul not right? write? And I mean, Paul's referencing stuff. Yeah, you you have to have. I mean, there's a chain of custody, so to speak, of like. Yeah. This person taught this person. They said that, you know, there's... I just love this. Like, I'm going to make this argument that defends Catholicism by using the worst of Protestant scholarship that was built on denying the divinity of Christ. And the only people that kind of really believe that are like Muslims who want to attack the the Uh credibility of the Bible and, you know, like Bart Ehrman and stuff. But anyway... so if if justification is outside of me and it comes to me, it's an historical event. It happened in time and place. Mm-hmm. Um, Allegedly, based on accounts that people yeah. wrote much later. Or, you know, I'm even thinking about I was baptized. I went to Holy Communion. I heard that absolution. I read that sermon. This happened to me. This was given to me. If if I If it's inside of me, if it's an Arminian, my decision. <clears throat> if it is a medieval Roman Catholic, I do what is in me. I do my best. An Eastern view of theosis. Theosis on the Eastern side. Um, a uh, emphasis on the indwelling. Um, and even the reform, you know, how do you prove that you're the elect? Well, you, you see it in your life, right? So... All of those are going to be, since we are doubters by nature, we're going to doubt all of these things. I'm going to doubt from time to time that God, um, that this is real, that this is, is this scripture real? I'm going to doubt my own decision. I'm going to doubt my own morality. I'm going to doubt my own 
Um, is it just indigestion or is it Christ living in me? <clears throat> and this it might fuzzy be both. feeling is I it have. Both, it could be both. I would think. Take take two toms wait an hour. Absolutely right. And um, but when I when I doubt myself or when I doubt my decision, the only remedy for that is to convince myself that my decision was real or that my I did try my best or that, gosh darn it, I am a holy person or um, I do feel Christ living in me. When I doubt scripture, I can look at it still in an objective way and I, I do have to wrestle with that, right? And And... My doubting is part of my unbelief. I am an unbeliever. Uh, the, the, the sinner's an unbeliever. Um, but I can look at my baptismal certificate and I can say, that's, I don't doubt it's, that it happened. Right? I, I know that that happened. I, I can, I, it's, it's something different. So that, that would be my Although first Although I was thing. just listening the other day to a, I've been listening to some Thomas Aquinas stuff. Yeah. And this Thomas was arguing that your baptism is an article of faith because you don't remember it because you were just yeah. a baby. Yeah. So he was making an apologetic argument with it. But that's why that's why you get a certificate. That's right. And you write it in the church records. That's right. So, I mean, that's one thing. Do I know a secret? What's that? I can't find my baptismal oh certificate. My gosh. What, I had to look for it the other day. And What did your mother do with it? She gave it to me. Oh that was gosh. his mistake, and I did. It's probably in her. one of these boxes of the stuff it that could be, should I be at your her house. And I but... reprimanded her. I'm like, why would you give this to me? <laughs> Anything of value my parents should keep. Yeah. Back to the comfort idea. Yeah. So when justification is a gift and given to me, it depends on the giver. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, this is what I say to, to the kid. What happens if you got a bad Jesus day and your faith is in your faith? You go to hell. Then you're like, I don't know if I believe. There is no comfort. You don't know. Yeah. If you have a bad Jesus day, that doesn't change the fact that Jesus actually did what he claimed to do. Right, whether you feel it or not. Wait, so you don't necessarily go to hell? No. Oh. When you are uh when you're not when you're not on fire for Jesus, right? So actually to be serious for a second, we have you know, we, we, we get this and it's a rightful criticism in, in some respects about uh, Lutherans you never talk about the spirit. So I have students from like a Baptist background and they're always respectful and very thoughtful about this. Uh, you know, and, and they they just there's something wrong with the way you teach the way you speak, Lutheran man, you know, like what about the spirit? What did about they call the spirit? You that Lutheran no, man? They could. That'd be That'd awesome be cool. if they did. Uh, what? What about the spirit? What about the spirit? And I say this: the spirit always uses physical means. I mean, or at least that's his standard modus operandi. That's his standard procedure. And just think about it, right? Um, so you feel you have the spirit and has moved you. How do you know? How do you know that's not of the devil? How do you know that didn't come from your mind? How do you know? I mean, it doesn't take long for doubt to creep in. It's something different when it's extra nos, when it's outside of us, when it is delivered to us. That's why it's not just that we are trying to teach people the word of God. We preach it to them. Mm -hmm. We declare things to them. We give it to them. Um, We, um, uh, it's gift language. It is something that happens to you, right? It's the power of the gospel, right? Rather than I have to understand it and, and uh, <coughs> digest it, which you certainly do, but it doesn't depend on me. It doesn't depend on something happening inside of me. It is given to me. And that's imputation, right? And I would say, um, 
All one is doing it with that approach is following the pattern of Paul's epistles. It seems like we keep going back to those in this. <coughs> but Paul, with each epistle, um, almost almost universally with his epistles, maybe not Philemon, but um, starts with um, uh, law and gospel, justification, and then the certainty that brings. And then if he brings in election, for instance, in Ephesians, he brings it in <clears throat> for our certainty. Um, this is just how how the epistles uh, flow. So, Ozander did some important stuff. Um, he has an important writing that debunks a bunch of uh, the myths about the Jews at the time, about like ritual murder and other stuff. I translated it. Um, this anonymous track he published back in the day, and I cannot find it. You know what it probably is? On that computer. It's probably with my baptismal certificate. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Well, I printed it out, too, so I had it with this book. Um, so in grad school, because I was going to use it, because I thought I was going to go a different so, way. So has this been published elsewhere? Not in English, no. Well, you should maybe send it somewhere. But i got to find it. Well, did you I don't even print know if I'm baptized right now, Michael. <laughs> did you print it out? You said you had a hard copy? I, yeah, I printed it. So I don't know what computer I had it on. But you have a and hard copy. In one of my copy. computers at church, I spilled liquid into. Yes. Do you have a hard copy? Well, that's what I don't know. I can't find it. You can't find the hard copy right. nor the electronic copy. I have a German copy of the manuscript okay. with my English in there. Mm. Um, and I was going to send it. I had talked to Molnar about sending it to Lugia back in the day. I wonder if it would help if you were a bit more organized. I'm wondering. I don't know. Somebody just moved all these boxes in here. So uh, Didn't even go through them. We have a new studio. Well, we, it's been <coughs> about a year. Um uh, there's awesome, cool stuff that's not hung up, and there are boxes of stuff that Trisha does not want in her household. There wasn't room when we moved, yeah. and so I had to sort through. And so we have, this one says living room. Yep. So we do not know what is in these boxes that have been here for. They're in the old one. I hope right? one of the kids isn't in it. Year, year and a half. There may be <laughs> baptismal certificates. There may be birth certificates there may be translations of unknown documents mm -hmm. that nobody knows about that Could are be. worth tens of thousands of dollars but probably it's just baseball cards yeah All but right. Osiander is a big part of the reformation especially i mean nuremberg is a very important imperial city mm -hmm. um where the reformation takes hold um he's gonna have a very good writing kind of debunking myths about the jews he'll write a preface um i think without copernicus even knowing but for mm -hmm. um the publication of copernicus's work um, his name's going to pop up a lot, but here he gets it wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, and it has a lot of implications if you follow through on that. And so rightly, but everybody else unites and says, nope, this compromises the gospel. Um, and we remember then that the gospel is for us outside of us. Um, and that especially, um, justification is both forensic and imputed. Mm -hmm. And so with that... Um, I'm going to have to go teach. Hopefully we'll get this out during Holy Week. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's all of us just uh, go let the bird fly. And I begin to cry I don't care what the people are thinking 
I'm not drunk, I'm just a tank. I set him up, another round. I set him up, another round. 